Um, yes, it took work. It takes work to read books. It takes work to learn how to take notes and like how to synthesize all of this information. But if you can go to nursing school, if you can survive that, and if you can become a nurse and function at those highest levels of medicine and healing, and I guarantee that you can figure this other stuff out. Hey, fellow nurses, welcome to the best place for you to learn all about nurse coaching. I'm Heather. And I'm Peter. We're co-founders of the Nurse Coach Collective, where we've helped thousands of nurses find more freedom and fulfillment by training them to become board-certified nurse coaches. If you want to help your patients prevent, treat, and reverse disease through holistic lifestyle coaching. If you want something more from your nursing practice, then head on over to nursecoachcollective.com. Together, we're transforming healthcare one conversation at a time. But for now... Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back, nurses and nurse coaches, to another episode at the Nurse Coach Collective. Okay, today we have something really fun, a little different. Today is all about getting to know Peter Giza. That's me. (laughs) Ready for this one? Stoked. Awesome. Easy. I feel like I'm a true expert. On this one. Yes, I yeah. would say that you are, but I'm hoping to <laughs> I'm hoping to challenge you a little bit along the way. <laughs> so if I may say so, um, this is a very important and fun episode for me. Um, because what I happen to know is that Peter is one of the most amazing human beings that I have ever had the privilege of knowing. And yes, I am very biased, but I would say that most people who know you, who spend time with you, who get to learn from you, they tend to feel the same way. So I think that this is a really, really cool opportunity to get to know you on a bit of a more personal level. And I thank you for being open to this experience, Peter. Well, thank you for saying that and for those kind words. And I also think, you know, so often in life, we have these people who we look up to or we admire or they are our teachers, our mentors, our leaders, but we don't really know them, right? We learn from them and we look on at their lives and their successes from afar, but we don't really know them. And so what happens? Like, what do we do to fill in that space? Most often we make up our own stories in our mind and very often those stories aren't true. So we end up then putting people on pedestals or they feel, you know, you can't relate to them or their life and reality is unattainable. And it creates this really vast separation. And it is a rarity in life that we have the opportunity to get to know the leaders who we look up to. And I know that there are so many nurses and nurse coaches in all across the country, all all over the world who really view you as a leader in this field and who really look up to you for what you have created and the work that you are doing. And so this, my hope and intention for this episode is that this is really a fun opportunity to get to know the man behind the Nurse Coach Collective and get to know Peter Giza on a more personal level. All right, so here's how this episode is going to go. I have got some questions for you, Peter, and I'm going to start out asking what many nurses and nurse coaches ask about, which is getting to know your background, your upbringing as a nurse, how you got into the field of nurse coaching, and really kind of walking us through that journey in a more detailed way. Then I also want to know some non-nurse coachy things about you and get to know that more personal side that maybe 
not many get the opportunity to see. Cool. And finally, we've got something really fun. We have tons of nurses and nurse coaches who submitted their questions for you, the things that they most want to know. So we'll make as much time as we can for as many of those questions to get offered to you today. And let's have some fun jamming. All right. All right. Okay. So where shall we begin? Walk me back to Peter, pre-nurse Peter. And how did your journey start? How'd you get into all this? Pre-nurse Peter. So I had a pretty normal, calm upbringing. I would say I was really blessed with a, a really awesome family. Um, and, you know, traveling through childhood into, into like getting to that deciding point of what am I going to do when I grow up? Or like, what am I going to choose to go to college for? And the decision for me was always obvious that it would end up being in the healing arts inside of nursing. You know, with a mother who's a nurse, my sister was already inside of nursing. Um, I, just, like, I came from this family of like givers and caretakers. You know, like my grandfather lived with us for many, many years. And so we just all kind of took care of him. Um, and I loved it. Loved all of those things. You know, I even uh, volunteered in, in high school in the hospital uh, to like learn just how the how the hospital functioned. Like, what do you what do you kind of work? What kind of volunteer stuff? Just normal. They used to call them candy stripers. I have no idea why. I, mean, <laughs> I never understood that reference. Uh, maybe the clothes they used to wear looked like candy stripes or something. But we didn't wear candy stripes, so it really didn't make any sense. But you're just pushing people around, transporting things around the hospital. You know, picking up the walkie-talkie and being like, we have to bring something from somewhere to somewhere. And then we would be the kid who shows up and brings something or someone from somewhere to another part of the giant building that is a hospital through all the all the ins and the outs. So, so you were literally in there getting to know the lay of the land when you were a kid, like yeah, still in high like school. 15, yeah, 15, 16. It was fun. It's kind of fun to like have a weird responsibility like that when you're a young age. Uh, and it's also like fun to like be the expert on a hospital because like – most nurses, you like know where it is that you work in really well, but you don't know the entire system of the building and like how it all connects together. So I like, I knew the ins and the outs and the shortcuts and like how to get from A to B, like the fastest point possible. So I loved doing that, but also like, I loved really interacting with everybody. I loved interacting with the patients and with the staff and like seeing how the whole thing functioned. It just really lit me up. And so, you know, going into college, it was just the obvious extension of what I wanted to do and what I wanted to become. And also, you know, my folks were like, yo, this is a good idea for you. Like, this is a good plan. Um, you know, if you're going to spend however much money it is to go to college, then it makes sense. Like, my family is also very practical and pragmatic. And, you know, if we're going to spend money on going to college, then the idea is to come out with something that's going to support you and a job, like somewhere where you're always going to be having a job. Yeah. I remember my dad saying, Peter, these next four years of your life are going to determine a lot of happiness for you in your life. And what that meant to me was focus, study hard, um, and you'll come out with a degree that you can use to um, live a really good life and a really stable life. And so I always remember those words of insight. I don't know why it, it stuck with me so much, but it really did. And it like gave me that extra bit of gusto to like work really hard um, to kind of like lift up and you know to just create a really good life. For myself, because my parents had like gifted me the gift of education inside a nurse. Yeah. And what a cool lesson to then be able to bring forward into future chapters of your life of like knowing whatever it is, four years 
four months, you know, a said period of time, they can be really formative for the rest of your life. So show up, show up that way, treat them that way. Yeah. And they'll pay you dividends. For sure. Yeah. And I think that's why I never, like, I hardly ever skipped classes. You know, I, like I knew so many people were like skipping classes or screwing off. And I'm like, man, that's so like disrespectful to you. And if your folks are paying for your education or just to like your investment, like into it, period. To yourself, yeah. It never made any sense to me to to do that. You know, I would always show up um, ready to go, whether I was into it or not. Like even hating organic chemistry, like I hated it. It made no sense to me whatsoever. I barely screeched by, you know, I showed up and I kept, I kept doing it because I knew it was like a means to an end um, to ultimately get me to where I wanted to go to. And yeah, you know, I think that trend has really spent over and over again of like these next few years can determine more happiness in my life. And it's really allowed me to like maintain a longer term perspective on whatever I happen to be doing in this moment. Like there's always going to be the organic chemistry. So there's always going to be the shit that you don't really don't want to be doing, but you just do it because like it inevitably like leads to you being able to live and to practice and to work in a way that you want to. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think we're already learning quite a few things about you from the stance of, you know, work ethic and really being somebody who even at a young age, I mean, you're still a kid, I would say, when most of us enter into college and to already be able to be thinking about valuing your family and your parents and what they've put into your upbringing and investing in your future and then your own investment into yourself and your future. I mean, I, I don't know that a lot of people think about it like that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So you jumped straight out of high school with all of this cool background and kind of like inner working knowledge of the hospitals, jumped into nursing school. And then what happened? Fast forward through nursing school. Nursing school is nursing school for (laughs) everybody. I don't have to really go into that. Uh, You know, it has its ups and downs. I was always the guy who I was the I was the one who would just stroll in and be like, the test is going to be fine, guys. Y'all Oh, you were that guy? That guy, because, you know, there's <laughs> there's just the different types of people. And I was more of the the bees get degrees kind of kind of person. Uh, not because I wanted to slack off, but it's just because I didn't want to kill myself for 100 uh, on a test for <laughs> the outcome was exactly the same. Yeah, it was exactly the same for me. Um, you know, I still I went all in and, and focused and learned everything to the max. But I I didn't stress out over small things because I knew ultimately like the goal and the the end result would be the same which is that I would get a degree. And if I wanted to go on to get an advanced degree, then there's a million places where I could get an advanced degree. I don't need a 4.0 GPA to get into programs. I could move around the country and go to places anywhere I wanted to, to get that degree. So I never like truly stressed about it because I know there's options. I know there's always options if you're willing to explore them. This is where you and I are like polar opposites <laughs> because my my time in nursing school was like head down Every day in the library until 3 a.m., got to get straight A's or else the whole world is going to crumble upon you. I was head down in the library every single day. I, like, lived in the library. My friends would always make fun of me for that. Um, but I just, you know, got to where I needed to get to and then didn't really stress over those last 10 points. It just didn't really matter to me. Um, you know, I could still learn the material. So anyways, fast forward through nursing school, graduate, and I went back to work at that same hospital that I learned so well. Um, as a as a volunteer, because that was just easy. It was easy for me to do. Everybody there loved me. I loved everybody. Like we had a really great working relationship. 
And that's half the battle, just feeling comfortable in a new hospital or a new nursing setting. Yes. And everybody really wanted to support me and lift me up. And my mom worked at the hospital, too. Um, so it was like, you know, that's like where it starts. Like, that's how things work. Like in the make... same department as you? N- no, sort of. Uh, I worked in one day surgery and she worked in the OR. She was an OR, OR nurse forever. Uh, so, yeah, I got to see her. We took lunch together a lot, which was It was cute. It was cute. It was fun. And so that was like just a really great transition. And I think that's a great thing to do is like, and I think that that was a great lesson for me of make connections. Like connections will get you so, so far. And I think people, we really tend to undervalue a network and our network can really propel us to the next best thing and create more and more opportunities you know, so I worked in one day surgery for a minute and then went down to work in the ER as soon as I could, um, as soon as I could get down to the ER, because that's kind of where I wanted to work. That was my life for the next the next many, many years inside of nursing. It was that ER. And then I transitioned to uh, like standalone ER clinics, which is just like a basically a fully functioning ER um, with no hospital attached to it, which was a newer model. Like we opened it. So it was the only one uh, where we were working in, in rural Connecticut. So it was kind of cool. It was cool to like be able to serve that community and to be able to like see and find what their problems were. And yeah, then inevitably I, I ended up in, you know, using nursing to bring me out to Oregon, which is uh, where I've been for the last decade, just in the Northwest, popping around in different places. So what do you mean by using nursing to bring you out this way? Like travel nursing. Yeah. So I got travel nursing and then it brought me on out, uh, here and then I just never like I just used it. I knew I wanted to come out here, but I was like, why not have somebody else pay for me to <laughs> yes <laughs> to definitely. make the move and, and come on out? And um, yeah, I've always been really good at like figuring out how to make the system work for me. So like, how can I make nursing work for me? And so what I found was there's all these off the cuff rules where if you're working per diem, for instance, and most nurses know this stuff, but like like I could earn twice as much money working half as much time like in the inner per diem role and still get benefits if I worked more than 20 hours a week on average over six months, right? All these little wow, tricks. You knew how to play the game. How to play the game. And Hell why yeah. not? <laughs> and why not? Why not? So, uh, you know, I, I always had fun doing that. And so that allowed me to like show up 100% at work um, without really, you know, reaching that, that state of burnout. Was there a specific reason other than just leveraging nurse nursing as an opportunity to travel was there a certain reason that you wanted to move from the east coast to the west coast or something you were looking for reinvention of myself yeah i wanted to wanted to reinvent myself my life has really gone along that trajectory of like every seven years i want to do the next thing um i i don't know if that's true i remember reading this somewhere of like every seven years humans tend to uh get itchy for whatever's coming next. And that was like, that was my moment of like, okay, I gotta, I'm ready to do something different. And so I, yeah, I really just wanted to come on out and reinvent myself and see what was, see who I could be without like any support structure around me and really express that sense of independence. That's pretty brave. I mean, especially because you're talking about clearly your family being so influential for you and getting into nursing and then working in this super unique environment where you're like just one unit over from working with your mom, you know, in the hospital and then being willing to jump on a plane or car. Did you drive across the country? It was a road trip. Uh, I drove through many blizzards (laughs) and uh, 
Toyota Matrix fully loaded with all of my life's possessions. <laughs> well, I'm, sh- I'm sure that's a good story for another day. <laughs> yeah, that's that's bold to make that move and to do that again. Like I'm I'm hearing this pattern of like a investment in yourself, right? You're seeing this as an opportunity to find yourself, to step into your potential, to like almost just keep this adventurous spirit and see what's next for you. Who can you be? What's out there? Yeah. And I think I really resonate with that sense of adventure or spirit. Um, I just like, even it didn't matter where I was working. Like I would show up and see like, how can I have fun today? Like, how can I have fun in, in this setting right here, right now with these patients and like enjoy the adventure that is nursing and just going into work for a shift. Fun, fun in nursing. Yeah. (laughs) I've always really enjoyed it. It's like, um, all, all along the way. And yeah, I think, you know, once I came out to the West Coast and kind of worked in all the cities, uh, the city hospitals around Portland, like that was interesting going from like rural clinics and rural hospitals in Connecticut, where you see more like rural accidents and rural traumas, which are different from city accidents and city traumas. Uh, to be able to see that juxtaposition, like at, at some point I was like, okay, I've kind of like run run the gamut on ER nursing and that's when I decided I want to go back to school for anesthesia. Uh, but that was not my fate. You know, I, I quickly learned as soon as I transitioned to cardiovascular ICU, um, a few months in, I was like, this is not what I want to do. I don't want to be titrating drugs. I'm, I'm not really interested in this type of science right now. It's not where my heart's at. And the whole vibe of the, like, if you ever worked in the ER, like it's a really tight community like the doctors it's it's very the doctors the nurses the assistants it's very egalitarian everybody's on the same plane but when you go into different parts of the hospital i don't know how it is in this moment in time but for me that was my experience of then it started to be very segmented um hierarchical hierarchical yeah and that was like (laughs) that was a hard nut for me to swallow and i was like ah i don't know that that was that was kind of the icing on the cake in terms of like really knowing that I didn't want to pursue this, but also just the interest wasn't there um, for me to pursue anesthesia. And why did you think that was going to be the pathway for you in the first money? Ah yes, ah yes. Money and you know there's certain pathways that are, it's like nurse practitioner, nurse midwife. There's also things like legal nurse consultant or a nurse writer or nurse midwife. Nurse midwife wasn't going to be for me. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's another possible path for some, okay? I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah. To my to my male nurse midwives out there, kudos, y'all. Uh, that just wasn't, wasn't going to be my pathway. All right. So you started your nursing career in the ER, which you loved, but then you got this idea that you wanted to go back to school for nurse anesthesia, which led you to pivot over to the CVICU and... Then what happened? Where's the where's the bridge that crossed you from that point of bedside nursing into nurse coaching? Tell me about that transition. So there is inside of uh, the city, uh, inside of Port- Portland, there's this program where any nurse who's transitioning from one unit to ICU, cardiovascular ICU, the entire city's hospitals like pay for all of the nurses to go through the same training. So you get like these two day in-depth training on intensive care Yay. because it's uh, they wanted to essentially standardize how care is provided across the entire city. And as soon as I got in there on the first day, I was like, sweet, like 
two free days of just sitting and getting paid, <laughs> you know, to not have to be in the hospital. Like, I'm here for it. Let's go. <laughs> but as soon as I got in there, I was like, oh, boy, like, I don't know. I don't really like I quickly just realized, like, man, if this is what the next three years of my life's going to be like in terms of going back to school and just watching PowerPoints, it's I don't want to I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this for another three years in school and then spend another three years trying to figure out how to master anesthesia. Like I just knew in an instant that I did not want to do that. Um, I remember coming home, actually probably even talking to you and just being like, ooh, I think I might have to figure something else out. It's fine. It's fine for right now. I'm, I'm into it. I'm going to go uh, full ham and see see how it plays out and see how it really feels beyond the PowerPoints because it's always more fun in real life than it is on the PowerPoints. But I just, I was just like, ah, I just don't really want to go back to traditional education and commit, commit myself to this just for the money. If I was like, hell yeah, like I really, really want to do this. Like my sister's a nurse anesthetist and she loves it. She loves it up and down. She loves the science of it. She super crushes it. Uh, she's really, really good at it. Um, and she loved the learning of it. But for me, that just wasn't what I wanted to learn that moment in time. So I was just like, I started Googling, I started searching um, I tried out some random things, um, and there was a couple of things that really stood out to me. One was Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week, which was basically about how to use the internet to make money, which if you're in bedside nursing, like you just don't know that. Like the whole training is around how to make money by clocking into work and then clocking out in a hospital. Like that's that's what nursing teaches you. Right, and it requires at least six, eight, more commonly 12-hour shifts at a time to get that paycheck. Right. And so here was this guy saying, uh, actually, you can you can do it differently. And, you know, it's kind of unbelievable when you're just starting to read, a bit, read it and start to learn about it. It's unbelievable because you've never experienced it. I had never experienced something like that before. And so that kind of reframed my whole understanding of what was possible for me, even though I never had experienced it, right? I hadn't built anything on the internet and I hadn't really understood it, but it just kind of like flipped the switch of like, whoa, something else is possible out there. So what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Nurse, nurse writer. Yeah, I, I could do that. But like, I don't really know. It's just not calling me. Nurse legal consultant. Seems boring. Uh, but, and then I found, we found nurse coaching and then that was it. It was like, wow, super creative. I don't really know anybody else in this space. And that was something else from that book was like, you have to look where there's a quote unquote blue ocean where there aren't that many people in the space, which to be clear, there still aren't many nurse coaches in the space. It's still very much a blue ocean. There's almost 400,000 nurse practitioners. There's less than 5,000 nurse coaches. So to continue to perpetuate uh, that, that, that mentality, I want any nurse who's listening to this to realize that like there are still so few nurse coaches out there. That was really the switch for me was really being like, I have to figure out something else and to just begin that search. And so and discovered nurse coaching and really never looked back and really just created that emergence of like, how can I merge these two worlds of my new desire for learning? Like I really was ready to learn something, but I just didn't want to go back to traditional school and blow 50 to hundred K on something that wasn't going to fulfill me for the next 10 years of my life. Uh, so instead we, I dropped, I think it was like a 10 K on a training program, become a nurse coach. So another moment of honoring your adventurous spirit to jump into the next thing and also being willing to invest in yourself and take that investment, you know, really seriously to say this next decision, this next chapter, this next training, so to speak, 
could be the most formative six, seven months of your life, you know, to bring your dad's word back from the beginning. Yes. Yeah. And that was my first big investment in self, you know, before that, like my folks had taken care of college for me. And so like thinking about this, this was a big deal, but I'd already been saving up money to go back to school for nurse anesthesia. So I was fine. Like I was fine. I was ready, ready to go, ready to invest in it. Yeah. You know, I just went full tilt in, inside of the program. I was like, okay, once again, here I am, I'm learning something. If I'm going to learn it, I'm going to learn go all in. I'm going to be the kid at the library again. I literally went to the public libraries in, in the city, uh, learning and learning and just reading and reading and, um, and practicing inside of the curriculum, inside of the training program to become a nurse coach. And, you know, I, I've said this before, but I did over twice as many practicum hours than was required for my nurse coaching practicum. You know, I read way more than I had to, <laughs> Uh, because I was hungry for it because there's so much to learn, not just about coaching and nurse coaching and lifestyle medicine and the signs of human change, but also all these other things that I got inspired from the four hour work week, which was all about business and internet marketing and how to make it work for you and how to make life work for you. And so that's what I really wanted to create was not only like a new avenue of myself to be able to practice as a nurse but to create a lifestyle. Mm. I wanted to create a lifestyle for me that could lift me up and allow me to practice to my fullest potential, but also to live like a hell yeah kind of life. Well, you have this beautiful balance of being able to have like on the one hand that bees get degrees mentality that you talked about before. So it's like, you're not going to drown yourself under the need to have everything right and, and have everything be just perfection. But at the same time, you are always willing to like go above and beyond with how hard you're going to work and how much you're going to dedicate to your learning to make sure you get the fullness and the richness of whatever experience you're throwing into. I think, I mean, I admire that hugely about you. Thank you. Yeah. There's some things that have to be perfect. There's some things that truly have to be perfectly executed. And, but that's a very small minority and the rest of things can be done very well. And that's all they need to be done is very well. Do them at your highest capacity in that moment in time. Do what needs to be absolutely perfect, perfect. And then just put it out there and keep keep moving, moving forward. So this is really interesting to hear you talk about your journey from this angle, because I think in previous episodes, what we have gotten to hear from you is more of like kind of where you were at mentally and emotionally in your career as an ER nurse or as a, you know, CVICU nurse and lots of letters there and almost getting to that phase of, you know, it wasn't quite burnout, but it was something of feeling disheartened, feeling dissatisfied, feeling like the current model of care wasn't in alignment with what you were wanting. And then wanting to move away from that and then wanting to move into this side of medicine and healing that's more connection-based, that's more taking a whole person wellness approach. And now you're painting a different side of the picture and I'm sure it all coexists at once, but this different side of the picture, which is like you were really focused on lifestyle, creating the life that you wanted, right? You were you were motivated by money and wanting to make sure that you were going to be able to really financially set yourself up for success. And you were motivated by this dream of like a four hour work week, right? And being able to not have to just 
continue on these super strenuous, long, long shifts and build something that would give you all of these things you're looking for in the world of medicine that also allows you to cultivate this dream lifestyle. I mean, that's really cool because I haven't heard you talk about that before. And I think that's what a lot of nurses are after, but maybe we're kind of afraid to talk about it. Like, is it okay for me to say, hey, part of the big reason why I'm doing this is because I do want to find a way to, you know, work a little bit less or have more freedom and flexibility or be able to earn more, to be able to build out the lifestyle that really brings me joy and fulfillment. I think that's giving a lot of permission to people to hear it, hear you express it that way. Yeah. And I remember in, I don't remember exactly where, when it was, but I do remember becoming more comfortable talking to, when I was working in the hospital, talking to my fellow colleagues about what they were earning. Like I remember having, starting to have those conversations, uh, which really allowed me to just be more comfortable with money and to just be more open about it. And because I think that's something that is taboo. It's, I don't know why it's so taboo. Money is like we live in a capitalist society and yet nobody wants to talk about money. It's a very, very uh, paradoxical. And to be totally clear, I still work my ass off. Yeah, yeah, you do. I can attest to that. I can attest to that. I work my little nurse booty off. I, I, and it's, it's no different than when, a, you know, it's, it's just different. It's, it's, it's in a different medium. It's in a different avenue. And, you know, I, I work very, very hard. And I get to do it on my terms and sometimes. <laughs> but also I, I have been able to build up a lifestyle that supports me to be able to work at that high output while also retaining my well-being and keeping stress levels low and maintaining relationships and being happy and healthy comprehensively rather than experiencing that level of burnout. So, yeah, you know, there is that part of me that was looking for something different. Like I was, I was in that moment, I was one of those nurses who was ready for something more, something different. Um, and then there's also the other part of me that was wanting to build something better for myself. You know, up until that point, I had been um, just kind of scraping by, you know, like using nursing to just live a cool life, um, which is awesome. But then there's that like transition to wanting to build a bigger nest egg. And uh, so, yeah, I think that's kind of where I was when, when I discovered nurse coaching and went full into it. If I know something about you that I may share, it's that you are the type of person who, when something isn't working, you don't settle with that. You don't tolerate that for very long. And you are apt to be proactive and do the hard work and step into the unknown and do the things that's scary in hopes of something better, but also in confidence that you can create the next chapter to be whatever it is that you want it to be. It's very, very inspiring. And I would imagine that there had to be a, a good deal of that, leaving the known nursing world and stepping into the more unknown field of nurse coaching. Yeah. So let's fast forward a little bit because from that point, you took this course, you became a nurse coach. At some point you left your other nursing roles. You did quite a few things, right? Including starting your own nurse coaching practice. And we did a lot of that together. Um, and then getting to the point where you are now leading the nurse coach collective and training thousands and thousands of nurses to follow in your footsteps and to become a nurse coach. So this is a ton of ground to cover. What feels 
what feels most important in that journey, like the pivotal moments or um, most kind of just salient for you when you reflect on that experience? When nurse coaching came into my world, that's when the real big shifts started to happen. And that's when there was no going back. Like when I came back from that first week of learning nurse coaching, it was like two parts. It was like one part in person, practicum, another part in person. That first time, like when I came back to the bedside, <laughs> it was kind of like I had just eaten the blue pill or whatever one makes you see things differently. You saw the light. I saw the light. And I just remember being back there and being like, whoa, what's going on in here? Things are different now. Um, and so I, from that on, then on, I couldn't, I knew that I had to do something different outside of the traditional model because it was going to be very challenging for me to maintain inside of that environment. Um, and so that just really brought on this wave of energy. Yeah. Like I was just so energized by this work. And when you're stoked, when you're energized, when you're purposeful, when you're inspired by something, you can go for it like hard, really, really hard. And so I read stacks and stacks of books. I was always at the library. I was always on my Kindle, just taking notes. That was something for our work week taught me too. It was like how to take notes on books and like how to do this quarterly review and that all of that, that literature review and all this research review literally created the Nurse Coach Collective because I just consumed thousands and thousands of pages. And then you helped me boil it all down. And like, how does it all fit together? And how does it work together? And how do these pieces work? And how can we disseminate this information to everybody that needs to hear it? But what I also did at the same time was learn to build business because like, yes, I loved nurse coaching and I loved the, the science of it. But then there was this other part of me that was like, let's figure this part out because other people are doing it. Thousands of other people are doing this. Starting businesses. Starting businesses and internet-based. Not nurse coaching businesses at the time when you got started. No, but there were people making money as coaches and it's the same thing. It's a service-based business model. And so I was like, obviously we can do this. We just have to figure out how to do it. Hey, hey, quick detour from the episode. We wanted to let you know that our next training is starting soon and there's still time to enroll. You get everything you need to become a board-certified nurse coach, a world-class learning experience, expert mentorship, and access to the most amazing community of like-minded nurses. We have a limited number of spots left and our courses always sell out. So if you've been thinking about becoming a nurse coach, don't wait. The next start date is right around the corner and we don't want you to miss it. Oh, and one more thing. If you're looking to 10X your practice, check out the 2024 Nurse Coach Conference. It's going to be an epic gathering of hundreds of powerful healers as we all come together to elevate our practice and transform healthcare. Tickets for the 2024 Nurse Coach Conference are on sale now and we can't wait to see you there. All right, now let's get back to the episode. And so I just loved it. I loved it so much and I just went full tilt into it and reality, you know, there were so many moments of learning like web design in the hospital <laughs> on night shifts um, and, you know, reading while my fellow colleagues were shopping on the internet. I was just like reading and and learning and there's so much downtime. I don't think, I'm, I mean, I know people are busy. <laughs> I have a very rich and full life and yet I still make time to learn continuously. And I think that's like an open invitation is like, just for a moment, stop and realize and like ask, ask is, is being comfortable and watching TV, what you really want to be doing right now is shopping on the internet and wasting your time, what you really want to be doing right now. And is that propelling you towards the next stage of who you want to be? You know, we have one spin around this life. And like, if you're not actively 
searching and working to create the most amazing time for yourself, then like it, it's going to create regret. And I just didn't want to live with regret. And so that's why I really, really went all into it. And, you know, of course there's time for downtime. Of course there's time for Netflix and chill and relaxing, but for the majority of it, like it's only going to lead, I found that it only leads to just this feeling of despair, like this sinking feeling of slowly feeling despair in my life. Like, and it still happens. Like when I catch myself watching too much TV or sometimes if I screw off and I just like am not living up to my potential, I get this knot. I get this weird knot in my stomach that I've gotten since I was a kid. Um, I can feel that knot when I'm off, off path. And so I was just like rejecting that part of myself to pursue these other avenues. And um, yes, it took work. It takes work to read books. <laughs> it takes work to learn how to take notes and like how to synthesize all of this different, all of this information. But if you can go to nursing school, if you can survive that, and if you can become a nurse and function at those highest levels of medicine and healing, then I guarantee that you can figure this other stuff out. Yeah. And as somebody who got to witness all of that in the moment of you going through that, like, yeah, no joke. I mean, Peter literally had binders upon binders of notes from the like hundreds and hundreds of books that you read. I mean, it was it was really incredible. And then the beautiful part about what came next was that, yes, you put in all of this time and energy and resources into yourself, right? Figuring out how to be a nurse coach, how to run a successful business, how to, you know, have a thriving practice. Then what you did next was figure out how you can share that with your fellow nurses and give it to them so that, yes, you're always going to encourage people to be lifelong learners and to do their own hard work, but so that they don't have to read the, you know, 300 books that you did and invest the years and tens of thousands of dollars that you invested because you put it together through the Nurse Coach Collective in this most amazing way that was accessible for any nurse who wanted to be on this journey as well. Anything that you want to learn, there's various ways to do it. And I think really it's a combination of multiple modalities. So yes, do your own work, read books from various sources, but then find somebody who has what you want, who's created a fast pathway for you to get there so you don't have to waste time mm -hmm, like really time is so important <laughs> oh my goodness like nothing you know it's it's literally the the most important asset that we have uh, maybe health maybe time but if you yeah i could go down that. i'm not gonna go down the road okay. <laughs> time is important time Let's is it, it time way. is important so yeah like yes i read all those books but i was also hiring people and I was also taking courses to accelerate my process of learning so I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. Got it. Well, thank you for sharing all of that so far. I know we're just like starting to scratch the surface on when you entered into the realm of nurse coaching and launching your business and launching this training program. Um, and we've also talked about that quite a bit on previous episodes. So it's okay with you. I'm going to pivot here for a moment because I want to talk about some non-nurse coach side of Peter things yeah. and just find out a little bit more about you. Cool. What else, aside from your passion and love of nurse coaching, what else are you passionate about? What else makes you Peter? I think anything that allows me to find freedom, fun, and creativity. 
freedom, fun, and creativity. It comes in a variety of different mediums. So outside of, you know, nurse coaching, I love, why do I love business? Because it's like this ultimate playground for freedom, fun, and creativity, where you can also make money. So it's like a great, great trade-off in the business world. Like I love all of those things that really allow me to do that. Outside of that, I'm a great musician. I am heading down, maybe by the time this comes out, I will have spent some time in some awesome studios pumping out the album. See y'all. Look out for Pete Giza's new music coming at you. <laughs> uh, so this is something I put on pause for like the last five years because why? I told myself this story that I needed to devote 100% of my energy to nurse coaching and the nurse coach collective and our private practice to get all of that off the ground, which in a way was true. Like it's really hard to be in multiple places at one time, but now I am at a stage where I can, I'm much better at time management and focusing in. So hell yeah. Yeah. Going down to record some tunes. What's it going to sound like? Not exactly sure yet. Uh, we have a, me and a couple of old, old buddies of mine, we spent like 10 days together, just writing, recording, writing, demoing, writing, demoing uh, earlier this year. And that was tons of fun. And so, yeah, that's part of why I've been growing the hair out <laughs> from being totally transparent is because it's allowing me to kind of transition into this next iteration of myself. You know, every seven years we become the new version, just turned 36. So this is like version 7.0 of, of me. And so, yeah, I'm going to be heading, heading on down to, uh, to make some tunes. And I'm really, really excited about that. And then I'm equally excited to be able to make that music and to be able to use my skills as an entrepreneur, as an online entrepreneur to disseminate that, uh, because I don't want to want to just make music for me. I want to make it to be able to share it with others and to make other people feel really good and to also like leverage music as healing. Um, I have some really cool visions around what I want to do with this, but I don't know exactly how it's going to pan out yet. So I can't go too deep into it until like I have a better plan for the vision. That's all right. Keep us keep us guessing because then we get to make our own visions of what Pete Giza live healing music is going to sound like. And I imagine many of us can go all different kinds of directions. It's going to be tight. <laughs> so that's really cool. Um, okay. So for those who don't know, um, instruments, vocals, what's your, what's Both. your guitar vocals is my specialty. Yeah. I can hammer on some bass. I'm pretty nasty on bass, but it's tough to like lead, lead vocals and bass at the same time. They're like two separate two separate entities it's really tough to do both at the same time so those are the two routes but mostly songwriting like i, I like to write songs at this point um that's that's where my real heart lies i love performing like <laughs> i don't know why i just love having a microphone and making people feel really good uh through through art well i know many nurses and nurse coaches who are going to be very stoked to hear this news because they have like heard through the grapevine that you're a musician, but they've never necessarily gotten to hear it. So sounds like we got some good things in the works. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Peter is a nurse coach. Peter is a musician. What else? It's kind of like an everyday dude. <laughs> like for most, most parts of life, like I just like everyday, everyday things that other people like. Um, but we also love to travel. You and I really share that passion together. And that's been a ton of fun. It's really fun to be able to, like we said, we work hard um, and we're able to take our computers and travel 
Um, so we sometimes work hard in beautiful locations. <laughs> There's that lifestyle. It's that, it's that lifestyle. Um, so yeah, I love, love, love to, to travel um, anywhere and everywhere. Most recently, we went to Greece, which was awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, and New Zealand, which was just a really, really good time to be able to like work out of a van and try out that van life, which I have about a one month, one month limit on living. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After, after 30 days in a van, I was like, I could do this forever. And Peter's like, I'm pretty much done here. <laughs> done. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, favorite sport? Kite surfing. Kite surfing. Yep. All right. I loved kite surfing because I've never considered myself to be like a physical person. Growing up, I was always skinny. Like that was the word that was defined onto me, right? Everybody was always like, oh, the, the labels guy. placed upon us by others. Yeah, yeah. And truth be told, like I never really loved sports. <laughs> I was much, much rather prefer being in a basement playing music with my friends. So, but when I saw kite surfing for the first time, when we were digital nomading in Cartagena, Colombia. I was like, yo, I got to learn that. I have to learn how to do that. And one thing led to another and we, we did, we learned how to do it. And it was the most challenging thing. Like it is controlled drowning for 20 to 30 <laughs> hours. You're just drowning, sucking so much salt water until inevitably like you stand up. Like it's just part of the process. It's part of the learning process. And it was so cool to learn this as an adult, because if you haven't learned something physically challenging in a while, then you forget, A, how strong you are, B, how quickly your body can like heal and build itself, and C, how like if you just trust the process of showing up every day, then in no time at all, you can be up and doing something. And so that really taught me like how close I am to things that I want and like goals that I want um, from just knowing that, like I had people tell me it's going to suck for 20 hours. And I was like, all right, those four hours, it sucked really bad, like 16 hours to go. Four hours to go, almost there. And 20 hours like that, I was up and riding. So yeah, I love kite surfing. And it's like taking us to really cool places, like off the beaten path, um, places where you just kind of follow the wind. You follow the wind and like you are, kite surfing is the coolest because you're up, you're surfing, you're like one with the waves, the sun, like everything's hitting you just right. And it feels like just being like really at one with nature. And it's, it's very harmonious out there. And Your I, whole like tone of voice just changed as you were, yeah. as you were talking about that. It brings that. out my like inner surfer vibe in, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the coolest of ways. I love it. Everything that you've said, I can find a parallel between. Like the way you showed up in nursing school way back when, the way you showed up in the beginning of your nurse coaching career and threw yourself into business and learning and practice with all of these different clients and creating the Nurse Coach Collective, what you have to do to be a musician, right? Go back to the basics, practice, 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 be willing to get weird and creative and find new harmonies and new tunes. But also, if you don't keep practicing, you lose it, right? And then kite surfing like the most challenging sport to learn and the ah, that it takes to become good at that you've done that and you've enjoyed that process for in all of these different realms it's 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 fun from the outside to see the patterns and the parallels because i think sometimes when we get so caught up in in our work as nurses or in our work as nurse coaches it can feel like 
I don't know how to do this. I can't do this hard work. I've never done this before. And when I can see these parallels between like, we do the same thing when we're doing the work that we love, the things we're passionate about, you know, the sports, the hobbies, it's the same thing of investing self to get to this desired outcome. And why shouldn't our work as nurses follow that same pattern? I don't know if you felt that when you were talking about it, but that's what, that's what stood for, out for me. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for bringing it all together. Okay, cool. I have one more question for you, and then I'm going to switch gears into our community members' questions cool, for cool. you. Sounds good? Sounds good. Okay, final question I have for you is, what is one thing that you generally don't want other people to know about you, but would be willing to share with us in this moment. It's a human thing, which is that I experience fear, self-doubt, and the desire to procrastinate on a daily basis. And I think part of who I have to exude and who I have to become is somebody who doesn't have those qualities impact my output. So impact my who I am as in, as a nurse coach, who I am as a team leader. What I don't often share is like that stuff is ever present for me. I am always, there's always that smaller voice that's telling me to be afraid, that is telling me to just procrastinate. Just don't do it today. You don't have to do this today. Just do it next week. Just take a week off, man. It's fine. Sometimes I do that. I love taking weeks off, like when they're, when they're purposeful. Um, and then there's also that part of me that doubts if this is going to continue to be a thing, right? There's that inner voice and every single day I, I battle with it and it's easier. It's, it's gotten easier with time. Like now I can, I can, I can turn it off. I can tune it out with some good music blasting and it's like a, a good cup of yerba mate. <laughs> like I can move beyond all that stuff and, you know, surrounding myself with the right people to really help me. But yeah, that stuff is ever present for me and I, it's just, it's so human. Right? It's, it's, it's such a human thing. And so when I hear people who are held back by that, I understand it. But at the same time, I'm like, all you have to do is surround yourself with the right people, find a coach, find a nurse coach to support you and just go get it. Like just continue to show up for yourself and doing the work because like all of that stuff is just really our inner voice telling us like to go do the thing. Like the louder that those voices get, the louder those those voices of, of fear and doubt and the desire to procrastinate is means that I just have this deep, deep desire to achieve whatever it is that I'm trying to create in that moment in time. So like when there's a part of you that you're, you're having these inner voices telling you, don't do that or it can wait, it's not urgent, you are actually able to like filter those voices through the translator and hear that. The other side of that is they're saying, hey, there is something that you really want. Hey, go get after it. Hey, don't just sit around unless it's intentional. And it's because I practiced like I have been practicing for seven years. I mean, way before that. Right. It's always scary being a nurse in the hospital, like <laughs> just going through nursing school. You're experiencing this over and over again. So I feel like nursing is really the ultimate training ground to become a, a nurse entrepreneur. <laughs> Because like the amount of fear and doubts and desire to, it's ever present. It's ever present. Uh, it's just that, you know, when you clock in, there's like these pressures. And so you just show up. So I just imagine myself clocking in and then I just overcome these. Um, I used to literally crawl on the floor because I was like so overwhelmed. Like I would just lay on the floor and be like, 
like feeling like just the weight of everything and the fear. And it was just like crushing. It was crushing on me. And I just had to learn to overcome that. Um, you really helped me. You were a true gift to be able to, to uh, we, we have this rule where we never allow both people to be down at the same time. We can't both be crawling on the floor at the same time. If, just, if one is down, doesn't work. the other has to be up. It's just the rule. Um, and so I think that was really helpful. Uh, and now I can kind of self-regulate and, and do that. But yeah, I think that's something that I don't often uh, create a, a persona around because like that persona doesn't really serve me or anybody else. Like, yes, um, I want everybody to know I'm human, of course, and I experience these things all the time. Uh, but I, what I think is even more powerful is that, yes, I'm human and I can choose like this alternative path um, beyond all that, beyond all that noise. That's all it is. It's just noise. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Good questions. Okay. You ready to switch gears? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. So this is fun because we have so many questions from the nurses and the nurse coaches in our community. So uh, literally just a day ago, uh, I posted on our Facebook community, which you all have access to, the Nurse Coach Collective. Um, Facebook group, free Facebook for every, group, any nurse free to community. join. Yep. So I made a post. I said, if you could ask Peter any question, and he just might answer it on a podcast, what question would you have? Way more than we can possibly fit on this episode. So we will weave these into future episodes, I'm sure. But I'm going to rapid fire you here and we're going to get through as many as we can. Cool. All right. Yep. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> okay. So Amber wants to know if you had the chance to interview anyone in the world on your podcast, who would it be and why? Chance to interview anyone on the podcast, it would be nurse coaches in our community who are doing cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So look out for that, y'all, because I really want to talk to you guys. Um, I love talking to you, Heather. And <laughs> also, what are you saying? I'm I also not good really, enough? really want to, uh, you know, dive deep to nurse coaches in our community who are doing cool stuff. Um, yeah, there's like really awesome people who I, I would love to be in a room with. But um, you know, that, for the nature of this podcast, that's who I want to interview. I want to interview nurse coaches who are on fire. That's pretty cool. I mean, you could have literally answered with any celebrity mentor and what speaks to you the most is really being able to connect with and share and tap into the nurse coaches who are doing the awesome work. I mean, they are our celebrities in that, in that way, right? So cool. Awesome. All right. Ashley wants to know, when was the moment you knew your dream of creating the Nurse Coach Collective, was going to be a reality? Like, when did you have a this is it moment? First sale. Yeah, first enrollment. So the first nurse who trusted us enough to say yes to the program uh, made the entire thing feel real. Uh, you know, it's one thing to be creating something in the background and to do all of the back-end work, but it's not real until somebody commits and trusts you enough to invest their resources into whatever it is that you're creating by enrolling with you. That was a moment where it flipped the switch and I was like, hell yeah, okay. Somebody trusts me and when there's one person, there's gonna be others. And so, um, yeah, that was it. I remember that exact moment and we remember who that exact- Dance, 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 dance party. <laughs> yeah. yeah, always celebrate with dance parties. Yeah, it's crucial. We had a pretty epic celebratory moment, so <laughs> awesome. I love that. Okay, cool. Jessica asks, if you did not build the Nurse Coach Collective, what other opportunity in nurse coaching would you have liked to explore? 
this is one that I still would like to explore. Okay. Which is creating a collective of nurse coaches uh, to serve patients. Um, so to do like, uh, to be able to not, not to serve as a liaison, but just to create like a really awesome, awesome program for patients experiencing anything lifestyle related who want support with a real life nurse coach in real time. And so to be able to kind of help nurse coaches connect directly with those patients, something I've been wanting to do for a long time. I don't have the time or energy in this moment. If somebody wants to do that and you're willing to put in all the legwork, reach out to your boy and, uh, and we, we, can, we can figure something out. We can, we can figure out a way to make this thing happen because I think there's a huge, huge need for it um, to essentially, it's kind of like an agency, but I don't really want to call it an agency. Um, it's a, it, would, it would be a collective of nurse coaches all across the country and in Canada as well, um, really supporting anybody experiencing some type of lifestyle issue. So that it's super easy for anybody, super accessible, super a, anybody easy out there to, to find in. a nurse coach in their community. Exactly. Beautiful. All right, cool. Uh, Monica says, it's been a few years of success and you and Heather have come a long way with educating and mentoring many talented nurses. What is your why today? My why today has gotten much more clear than when I first started. And I... That's why we, we kind of say when you're starting and you're learning to become a nurse coach, like just pick, pick something, just kind of get your why. And my why today is to eradicate chronic preventable disease and provide nurse burnout. So my why as a nurse coach is to eradicate chronic preventable disease and nurse burnout. Mic drop. <laughs> Okay, uh, Mary Ellen asks, if you came face-to-face with someone who had the ability to significantly impact the future of our healthcare system, what would your elevator pitch be? Elevator pitch. So I only have like 30 seconds with this person? Yeah, you only have 30 seconds with whoever that person is that's going to significantly impact the future of the healthcare system. What's going on? Are you... You are... So nice to meet you. I'm a huge fan. Wow, I really just love everything that you're doing inside of the field. And I feel like uh, I, have, I have all of these questions for you. And, and, and you know, in, in my work, in my line of work, what I've been pursuing is to eradicate chronic disease and nurse burnout through this thing called nurse coaching. And I feel like there's tons of synergy in ways that I could really help forward your mission to transform healthcare. So uh, would you be willing to connect here? Um, I know that you're in town for a few days at this conference. Uh, would you be willing to just maybe I could buy you coffee or um, something like that over the next couple of days? I know your time's super, super valuable. I would just get a plug to be able to find find more opportunities to connect with that person. I love that. Well, I, I put you on the spot there and you came up with something good. And I also think there are some like really nice learning points to take away from that which is like you could have stepped into that elevator and attempted to make a basically sales pitch right which is what we think of as an elevator pitch but instead you folks yeah which i would if that person had opened the door for me to say that yeah but first you focused on gratitude and appreciation offering some acknowledgement for that person's amazing work you focused on building rapport right that camaraderie of a synergistic vibe curiosity, wanting to ask tons of questions. And then most importantly, you focused on connection. Let's connect first before I try to sell you on anything or ask you anything too deep. Um, so 
I would say it's a it's a good first draft, but we we got some good learning to, learnings to take away from it. You'd be super surprised who will say yes. Like I've had conversations with really incredible people just by being like on LinkedIn. I mean, like, yo, what's up? Hey, you want to hop on a call? It's crazy how often people will just give you their number and be like, yep, for sure. Sounds good. <laughs> That's true. All right. Okay. David says, if you could go back in time to when you were halfway through to becoming a nurse coach, which is David, where he is at in the Nurse Coach Collective right now, and you could give yourself a pep talk, what would you tell your younger self? I didn't necessarily need one when I was in nurse coaching school. <laughs> Why? How- I loved it so much. I couldn't get enough of it. I didn't necessarily need a pep talk because I was super stoked. Um, so I guess maybe what that is, is read books outside of nurse coaching from other inspiring people. Read biographies and autobiographies. Those are my two favorite types of books from like uh, successful people and people who are doing awesome things. Success defined as like very, very wide, right? <laughs> you can be as successful as like a surfer on a beach, like earning no money and it's just your true love of, of, of life where you can be really successful as an entrepreneur. Like, I don't really care what they are as long as like, there's a lesson inside of there for me to take. And so often what like needing a pep talk is, is just needing inspiration mm. um, and, and, and energy and finding something to fuel yourself, to get yourself stoked. So um, yeah. And, and also to like find people who you're excited to work with um, and to just coach your butt off, like literally just coach your butt off. So those are all the things that I did and that really allowed me to maintain my pep and energy. And that's cool because I think a lot of times when we ask for a pep talk from somebody, we want them to inspire us, right? Like say something that's going to inspire me, empower me. But part of what you're saying here is how important it is for each individual to get out there and take that personal responsibility to find find your own inspiration, right? Read those books that teach you something, um, to connect with those people Coach the people that really light you up and cre- create that. Yeah. Yeah. Like that'd be a great thing if you're in the midst of your practicum, dive in with your nurse coaches, with your peer nurse coaches, have them help you understand what it is that you need in order to create pep in your life and do some fun outside of nurse coaching, like do fun things outside of nurse coaching that are going to lift you up. Like, what do you need to do to make you feel like, yeah. Like really stoked in life. Like the way you feel when you're playing music or when you're yeah. surfing. And also what I feel when I'm coaching somebody, even though like I'm maintaining a disposition on the inside, I'm like, yes, this is awesome. Like find that. You have to find that spark and like allow yourself the, the opportunity to like let it out. All right. Crystal wants to know how long did it take for your coaching to come naturally and for you to feel confidence within yourself as a nurse coach? Six months. Hmm. Yeah. I was like... like Six months. The duration of the program, I did twice as many practicum hours as I needed to. And that just gave me more practice. So more and more practice, more and more confidence. I mean, the confidence started to come almost immediately. Once I had one of my teachers remind me, like, you're a nurse. Like, you've been doing this forever. So, like, relying on that experience and that knowledge uh, really helped to lift me up to the next that next layer of confidence. And then it was just practice, 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 practice. So, yeah, but six months is a good time frame. Like if you're transitioning to any specialty inside of nursing, that's what it's going to take. Mm-hmm. It's going to take like six months to get you there. Yeah. And what do you do in the in the meantime, like when you're not yet confident? Keep going. Keep going. Find support. Be coached by others to get out of your own damn way. That's really 99% of the time we're just in our own way. Yeah. What were your first 
coaching client experiences like? Probably awkward a little bit, but also probably okay. Okay, I don't really remember exactly very first ones. But I remember you talking about them. Okay, what were they like? Because it's probably kind of like a little scary, a little awkward. You're fumbling. You're figuring out your way. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. It was it was all <laughs> all of the normal human things. Awkward. I was scared. Um, but also I had like done a lot of like practice internally and, you know, in the mirror preparing for those conversations. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of just allowed it to unfold and not really get caught up too heavily in like worrying about it being perfect from the get go. You know, I set the bar super, super high, but I knew I wasn't going to get a hundred percent right. So, but yeah, I think they were probably normal. What, what anybody who's new at something experiences. And, uh, I hope everyone picked up on that one little piece that Peter just dropped, which was practicing in the mirror before I before I went out there and worked with the client that is something that I would say not not everybody believes that you actually did when you tell our our students of like practice in the mirror practice talk to your dog talk to the wall talk to the plant he did that getting really good at nurse coaching requires a requires us to get really really good at speaking and mastering our own tongue Mm -hmm. I really believe that and so that you can do very simply And it's through practice. It's by recording yourself, looking in the mirror, Toastmasters. There's really cheap ways to get really, really good at at speaking and communication. And that allows you to ask more powerful questions more concisely. Love it. Okay. Wanda wants to know, besides your beautiful wife, Heather, (laughs) who do you admire in your life? Who are your mentors? I want to give a little bit more of a broad answer rather than going into individual, individual people because... My admirations shift depending on the book that I just happened to read last. <laughs> my most my most recent book influences my entire relationship to life in this moment. <laughs> I like to live live them fully. Um, for instance, I just read Fifty Cent's autobiography. Yeah. It was crazy. It was so good. Oh my gosh, it was awesome. But yeah, people I admire most are people who have just gone full tilt on themselves and their passions in life um, and anybody who can teach me something. And I, I often try to separate like the, the human from the learning because everybody has their own human stuff. Everybody's working through something. They have their flaws, they have their weaknesses. And that's awesome. I love that. And I love that people can create cool things in with those two things happening at the same time. Like, see, I don't have like exact mentors and people that I really admire. It really just happens to be whoever's, <laughs> got something to teach you at Whoever's the moment. Whoever's got something to teach me at the moment and who I have space to like let into my sphere. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think that's that's the answer to that. <laughs> okay, and I got one final question for you, um, which is, so when I made this post on the Nurse Coach Collective Facebook community asking what question would you want to know about Peter Giza, uh, it was accompanied by this awesome pretty badass picture of you up on a snow-covered mountain in front of a helicopter looking fly oh, yeah. so lori wants that's called to know living life that's called living life so lori wants to know can you fly that helicopter can i fly that helicopter no no i can't <laughs> fly that helicopter <laughs> but we had a super super tight pilot um we did snow landing in new zealand which is kind of like a classic glacial tour experience is it eco-friendly you guys no is it oh hella fun yes it is and 
I drive a Prius and eat mostly plant-based, so it balances out, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's super, super fun. Um, but no, no, I can't fly helicopters. I can fly drones. I'm a really good drone pilot. Yeah, but it's, yeah. <laughs> never say never. Awesome. Well, that is all the questions that I've got for you Thanks, today. you guys, for those questions. Those are fun. Yeah, thank you, everyone who submitted questions. Like, I, I had to select a couple, but there are so many more. Um, they're so thoughtful and creative, and, and I love that. So that makes today's episode so, so much fun. Hope you enjoyed my brain. <laughs> yeah, we really Answering got to inside. crack in there. It was fun. Peter, thanks so much for being open, for being willing to share with us, to be interviewed, and... Thanks for being you. Heck yeah, y'all. And thanks for listening, fellow nurses, nurse coaches. Um, Hope you all have an amazing day. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, head on over to nursecoachcollective.com where you can start your journey to becoming a nurse coach and get in on the most transformative specialty in nursing. Create more freedom and fulfillment in your career and connect with some of the coolest nurses on the planet. We've got a free training and tons of resources to help you get started. So go to nursecoachcollective.com. That's nursecoachcollective.com.